0: It's the Dead Friday Show with Mark and Tim. Well,
1: we are back at it once again. And uh, you know what? You know, I think our titles are always interesting because they rarely reflect what we're going to be talking about because we, we do absolutely know show prep. But uh, today I asked the AI what the title should be. And this is a variation of what we got, a variation of what we got. So uh, we'll see how that goes with this show. I think Mark, we've got we've got all the shows up on the site now. Is that is that the case?
0: I think so, Tim. Ex- the, the, except the for the build, one we are making is right working, now, the build is working on my end. Yeah, I couldn't figure that out for some reason, yeah, Doctor. I tried to do a test run and it wouldn't 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 do
1: anything. Gatsby, for Gatsby sucks. Is it? <laughs> 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 do we have have we, have we moved over to a new uh, a new? I'm working. I yet. It. I am yet? Working. Okay. It's,
0: it's it's on my list. That's it's on my near. Near term list to yeah get this off of Gatsby I, yeah we I've talked about this with you we're like yeah I I was in love with Gatsby about like a year ago and then since they you know made a bunch of changes a bunch of library changes and it started to break some things and I was like I just have you know you get to the point of working on a project and you and that project depends so heavily on a framework or wait a, a second a, on a platform
1: wait and a then,
0: second are you saying you are not a fan of dependencies. And then you 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 hit this wall where you're like you, you, you or let's say it's a it's a developer come to Jesus moment. Where you're saying, okay, am I going to just embrace this framework, and I'm just going to go all in? Right. I'm going to like, be this I'm type be, of a programmer. I'm going to be watching the commits on GitHub. I'm going to be an active part of the open source community to support this project, in order for my application to be stable. <laughs> and i was like i it's like i start I, I did consider that i was like oh, yeah, yeah maybe i should be paying better attention to the um the, the the pull requests and to see what's going on uh from a development standpoint but like i said with gatsby it's kind of it just it, it just worked it was it was a nice stable system and it was kind of like you know when we occasionally would do our show occasionally <laughs> we we keep on schedule do like a push once a week or actually we had the automatic build process going mm-hmm. the,
1: once i pushed to
0: github it, the, it would build automatically with the, right the github actions that was working out fine and then it just, that just stopped working because of the the libraries, the dependencies that uh, that the framework has based on Node, and uh, so I was like, all right, I just, yes, yes, I am considering moving on and uh, looking at some different, looking at a very kind of simple, I'm getting more into server-side uh, JavaScript and React, I think it's because of what I'm oh, um, work- working on. That's interesting. Uh... That's interesting. I'm looking at uh, React server-side components. That's actually been... Super, super interesting, um, and you're kind of doing spinning up a simple uh, Express server, which gives you some, you know, kind of very easy uh, API routes. But then having uh, rendering server components, uh, React components on the server, and then having that sent through the API is actually a pretty interesting um, thing. So you can do some of your component development on the server, and then have that passed back to your React app- applications using your API. So I'm playing with that a little
1: bit. One thing I, I remembered years ago when not not that I was playing with it but seeing it in use was the idea of being able to do server side renders that are the same as client side renders. Like use the same code in both places, render a full mm. page on server side, push it down, and then it would be basically the same React style code mm-hmm. that would update yeah. it on the fly there. It's like so you'd be using the same templates, the same yeah. concepts. Um so you could get the user a full put a full page because sometimes it's not it's nice to be like yeah here's all the HTML it just renders you don't have yeah. to wait for it to render then load the app and then make API requests you can preload it with that but then the app still works as if it was just the same.
0: So I have been seeing the benefit of I think this I haven't done too much server side JavaScript or TypeScript or you know Node JS and doing with the API uh, API any API work but then spending some time doing that with for my uh, web development class showing them how APIs work and just showing them basically how we can just spin up a quick API with uh, an express server just because they know JavaScript and they know PHP too, but kind of keeping them, you know, we, we're the, the past, let's say three to four weeks, spending a lot of time on client-side JavaScript, getting them into React, getting them to understand like a component model to build out interfaces. And then finally got to that point and then say, okay, now we want to start connecting this to a server-side application that has a very simple API so we can... You know we can fetch some data get the data back and process that data on the client uh from the server it's seeing you know going from javascript and keeping that on the server and also on the the client side it seems to be they they've been able to get that so i don't know Have you if from um i don't know from uh, your developer friends who do do you know any developer friends who do any node.js or any uh, javascript apis not i mean i used to
1: Used to work with that more with devs that were doing that that type of thing because of projects we were working on mm-hmm. um I mean plenty of node use in a build process for building mm-hmm. things right but uh, but that were're actually like say, hey we're running this on a node server um not not currently, right Where I used to see that is well, not where I used to see that the one novel approach I saw that years ago was some microcontrollers that ran node and that was super mm. interesting but also mm-hmm. a little odd because javascript mm-hmm. running on a microcontroller or mm-hmm. interpreted or whatever however they pulled it off mm-hmm. it's a little different but that at least that syntax well it was more than syntax because you you had node so yeah yeah but no not currently
0: so where do you stand on the the whole <laughs> i don't want to make this like a php versus javascript honestly that's where i always go i don't know because i do javascript you do PHP, so that's a that's our show uh, so, like, where do you stand on, because I was, I was comparing, I was talking to my students about, you know, the fact that PHP, you know, still runs, what, 60, 60 70% of the internet? I thought it was more than that. But. Well, it's because of WordPress, <laughs> which I talked about. <laughs> there's, there's also that, yeah. But I think I, think I saw, I read that was, I think, 3040 just purely maybe non-WordPress-related PHP applications, like, you combine, like, just oh, like general, just, and, and just general you PHP stats, scripts. Yeah. It's like
1: crawlers crawling everywhere yeah. looking and saying... We have identified that the server's responding in such a way that it indicates this is a PHP server. Mm-hmm. Also, is responding in such a way, I guess, that indicates it's not WordPress to give you. So, mm-hmm. so you're seeing what some stats that say 30% of the internet
0: runs on PHP, not. It's WordPress. like between like 30. It's between like 30 to 40, but then if you add WordPress into it, it's like 70. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. <laughs> That's what I bet. Uh, then because I did talk to my students about that, say yeah, you know they learn PHP in the server side scripting class, and you know PHP is still the most popular uh, kind of. Uh, Web server, web development language to build server-side applications with uh, on the internet. So, but I wanted to show them this different way and kind of when we talk, we did a little compare and contrast of the the, um, the process models. Or the so with um, uh, with Node.js having its non-blocking, asynchronous style process with a compare that to a PHP with a multi-threaded, still single 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 process, but it can be run in a multi-threaded context. Correct? Am I correct about that? I believe I am. Like, okay, so, on, P- uh, yeah, you can, I mean. It can handle multiple requests based
1: on yes, the, because on the server. Each, yeah, yeah, because each process is its own thread. Yes, yes. Now, and, but you can also do other things, but in a normal PHP yeah. installation, yeah. You have one thread
0: that is handling a request, but your server will be able to be running multiple copies. But, but, but it is, like, but within that thread, it's still, it's still, like, a blocked process in a sense. You can't, like... Add like another process to the same thread i mean in
1: normal traditionally the way that you normally program php that is that is basically the constraint in the model that we work on um okay. you can do other things that are novel and interesting you can do asynchronous php
0: um, and there well how? okay that's that's an issue so how would you how would you set up like an asynchronous multi uh non-blocking threaded Right, I don't PHP system.
1: I don't do a lot of that, right? Because for from a from what PHP code is normally doing, handle a request, the blocking in some ways can be useful, right? Like I know yeah. this is what's going to happen. I don't have yeah. I don't have any weird wait states where it's like, "Oh, we got to wait for that to finish up, but we're still spinning our wheels." But can PHP do that? Yes, you can run um, and especially with I think it was when generators came into the language that opened up a lot of possibilities, but even for years there were extensions that did that. Um, like the curl multi extension is a good example where it would allow you to be having or making multiple web requests, external web requests, and then kind of just waiting for them to come back and do other work while you're waiting. Mm. Uh, so non-blocking mm-hmm. web yeah. requests, and that's yeah. that's how you would build something in PHP that would be able to crawl or make a whole bunch of web requests simultaneously because it could it didn't have to wait for each one to finish. It could be like yeah. oh make this one, make this one. Oh that one's done. Okay, and it kind of manages that in a in a in a loop of 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 some kind, right? Mm-hmm. Similar to how you do async stuff, um, PHP does. There are libraries and, and packages that, that help you do async stuff with PHP. It's a so, lot of lift, though, because you'd have to have the async compatible whatever you're trying to do, right? Like, there is an async, like a MySQL driver, mm-hmm. that you should be able to do async SQL requests, which, if you're doing a lot of data-heavy stuff... You may not want to wait for the query to come back. You may want to do some other things while you wait for the big query to come back. Usually where you find this is when we're using PHP, not to handle web requests, but in a worker context mm, where PHP mm-hmm. is doing background processing, things like that. And you can say, well, why are you using PHP for that? Not another language that might be better. Well, you're using PHP because that's what all your code's written in. You might as well just use the same code, use the same libraries, use the same business logic. For the stuff that you've shifted off to be a background task,
0: um, I remember back in the day Ruby was really good at that.
1: Oh, what a sh- of <laughs> of shifting stuff into a background. No, that, well,
0: you are just having like a, a worker process that's running. I remember back back in my uh, Ruby oh, and, yeah, and Rails days, to, running ru- running a, a Ruby kind of um, process that basically is just, it's just a, a worker. It's just, it's just watching for jobs and then taking right, those right. off of yeah.
1: In PHP, yeah, yeah, but if you, yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of things that we can do to to either, yeah, launch multiple processes or use async stuff to be. Not saying it was the efficient. best approach, but it was. Def- yeah.
0: that was my first experience of dealing with like spinning up workers. That'd be like a constant process. Did, they, that would did Ruby be... even
1: use a queue, or did it just like abuse yeah. a database for that?
0: No, it was it was a it was a queue. Yeah. Okay. But it was it was it was that was my first experience kind of working with that and kind of seeing. Like I said, sometimes it worked well. Sometimes it, I don't know. <laughs> But usually you would use a service that would manage the workers. Right. So if yeah, the yeah. workers if something happened, failed, you know, it would just, you know, spin the next one back up again. So, so you're explaining the different models.
1: So java but because JavaScript or not JavaScript, but but when you're running a node server, that's stateful. That's sitting there, it's accepting requests, it's spinning off new handlers essentially, and it's it's
0: all in one process, if I'm not mistaken, Correct. right? But it's like a pro yeah, it's a process that has like, you know, it has a queue built into it. Right. So it accepts requests, puts that within the um When's queue cycle and then kind of in the series of operations with it, but it was just interesting comparing, contrasting, thinking about PHP and talking about how the the default blocking nature of that single threaded, well within that threaded process, even though it could run in a multi threaded context on well, the server, um, and then kind of just comparing, contrasting to the way that Node.js works. I think and the thing, thing there is, no notice
1: usually behaving as the server as well, and that's what PHP Correct. generally yeah. doesn't do. Generally, there's another server in front of PHP, then passes requests off to it, yeah. and you know it's either it's either running as a module of Apache, um, where Apache's managing the individual requests yeah. and just spinning up a new a new. Thread for PHP each time, or I don't know if it's actually a thread depending on the model. I, I don't
0: remember. What's exactly. What's your preferred uh, web server? It's been a while. I remember last time. I don't was, do that think, stuff anymore. It was NGX. I think that was where I last did my yeah, last if PHP I was application. Good,
1: if someone said I had to spin up some type of actual web infrastructure, I'd be using NGINX and PHP FPM behind it. So I'd throw a container of NGINX up there to act as the web server and then tell it every request that should go to PHP. Um, route it to make that request to another container that was running PHP FPM. So, is right. I think the standard anymore, if I, if I recall correctly, but it's been a very long time since I had to do any of that. So, well,
0: I'm glad we could start off the show with some deep developer yeah. talk, Tim, because yeah, I think is, the last not, show. What was the last show? We, we got pretty deep in the woods about just oh we chatting, were just chatting about AI yeah, chat- yeah, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in,
1: in the future there. Yeah, yeah. Which
0: is yeah. interesting. It is like still, and I don't want to spend the whole show talking about it, but it is. Somehow you are though. Somehow we're back I know. there, right? It yeah. Is, it, it, it is. It is crazy. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah, because the thing about this yesterday, how fast it's just moving. And I it, and I was excited about this when it first came out as a developer, because I know people are up in arms saying, oh, the developer's going to be out of a job, but you know they're not going to... You know, we're going to have yeah. the AI code everything. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, settle okay. down. You're going to have the developers fix it, but okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to like settle down, settle down. And if you actually look at the code, yeah, it's super helpful. Like I look at it as like, it's like, well, the name implies copilot or it's just like okay, right, right. your own personal yeah. tutor or guide in the sense of like saying, usually you'd have to go to like Stack Overflow, go to Google and had to hunt and peck for certain answers and try to figure that out, which honestly that, if you get really good at that, if you can read like a... Hop on a Stack Overflow page and know within five seconds if that page is going to give you a good answer or not. That's a skill <laughs> to be able to. Yeah, well, but if that is your skill. As
1: a developer, <laughs> if that is your skill, then yes, ChatGPT is going to replace you because it's probably yeah. going to be. The, but it is. Okay, let's for a second, though, before we go to, to them, have
0: you tried Bard? No, and I was going to talk to you about that. Because, oh. like, no, I, I saw your tweet. I did not step into that because I was like, first of all, is it just invite only now? Yeah, they sent out an email, and an, okay. they're like, we're inviting you. You know, you made the cut. You know, you're going to be our early
1: adopters, so click this button. Yeah, you're to, we're giving you preview access to it. I'm like, okay, click this button. It's like, join our wait list. Like, that's not preview access Google. <laughs> so I joined the wait list, and then I guess... Six hours later, ten hours later, whatever I got an email oh, you're welcome to bard well, they need somebody to test it man alive <laughs> I, I I mean I don't know it's it seems to think that it can read the internet because i I pasted links and that's that's been my fun my fun yeah. thing is like analyze this data, tell me something about it, and it was it was really thoroughly wrong is what it was I gave it my thread from last week about. Passing, you know, playing a telephone with ChatGPT and MidJourney. And I said, hey, can you summarize this thread? And it said, sure. The thread is about the importance of being able to summarize information. It is not. The author, TJ Lytle, argues that being able to summarize is a valuable skill. I did not. That can help you in many aspects of life, such as in school. Didn't mention school. Work. Didn't mention work. And your personal life. This whole thread was about the Mona Lisa and how we were passing the data back and forth. That's what it is. He provides some tips on how to improve your summary skills. I didn't. Such as reading widely. Didn't mention it. Practicing summarizing different types of information and getting beat feedback from others. None of this is in that thread. Not a thing. Here is a summary of the thread. And then it gives me what's, I guess, an interesting outline if you wanted to talk about summarizing things. But it had absolutely nothing to do with the threat. You, what did you tweet? You tweeted something out earlier about uh, you wished. Was it DOS? Was that? Oh, I wish. I wish oh, I yeah. could run a command line
0: text based yeah. Bing process. well, yes. Because I, I was surprised how I never. I always swore off Edge, even right? Even though, even when Edge adopted Chrome as the for for their engine, Chromium. Well, web, yeah. WebKit, right? WebKit. Because, yeah. Well, no, it's Chromium. Is it really?
1: I guess, now, see if it, it I guess
0: if we go down to the root,
1: isn't it, it WebKit?
0: Be... I thought no, but Chrom- no, Chromium is an open source project. So they borrowed, Which, but... they... yeah, they 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 because I know they, Chrome... they built Edge around that. Does doesn't Chrome use WebKit? I guess yeah. I guess I haven't I have dug that deep into it. But but, but Chromium is open source project. That's not related. And they that. borrowed Chromium? Yes. What? Yes. what? Yes. yes. Wow. It's pretty much it's How pretty much Chrome. Date, like, Edge it. is pretty much Chrome and it's been that way for a couple of years and i had like said ah oh, it's just yeah it's it has the same rendering engine which is nice hey, and i was like i don't it's want like microsoft Chrome, but you don't have to worry about google's privacy policy you yes. have to worry about microsoft's that's privacy what, policy that that's this nice. is my I dilemma like i was I like starting that. to i was starting to go through this week i was like oh man i was like i i saw that they you know chat i do pay for chat G P D and i saw that they uh they released the the new what version 4 even though it's kind of slow and i don't know it's, it, it is it is good but it just it feels really super slow just like on
1: that topic, I've had issues where I did that whole image back and forth thing where it actually described mm-hmm. the images for me. Yeah. Now I give it stuff. It won't even parse the images. It's like, I'm a language model, bud. I yeah, can't follow m- links. I'm like, what are you talking it about? You did last week.
0: Like I had, I asked it something yesterday, a programming question or something like that for about some code. And it, and it gave me a long, it started to give me a real long answer and different kind of blocks of code as different examples. But then it just stopped. Like, I, I think, I think it hit its own <laughs> token limit or something like that and just stopped. I was like, all right, I'm not... So I went back to the 3.5 version because it was like the, the 4.0 it just seems like, I don't know if it's a server issue or just a performance, you know, they haven't scaled it up yet. But yeah, I was going through this dilemma because I was like, okay, I'm getting really into ChatGP, it's super, super useful. I'm it's minimizing the amount of searching I have to do on Google and, and it saves me a huge amount of time. So Bing, since everybody was talking about Bing incorporating ChatGP into it, why did I try that out? So yeah, I opened up Edge because they do force you if you want to utilize a chat feature of uh you know the bing chat feature you have to use edge you can't use another browser like i would prefer to use firebase and just access you know the big the bing search engine but they force you to use edge like all right so i open up edge and i start using it like yeah it's not that bad but then i'm like yeah now i'm at the point where like i'm just giving microsoft all my history and information with every site i log into yeah it's just keeping track of me now so i'm like all my privacy concerns i'm just throwing out the window yeah just it's for a, speed, just, simplicity, and making make my job a little bit easier, I'm just not caring I, about my personal privacy anymore. I believe it was
1: it was Ben Franklin that said that that yeah. uh, those who give up their their digital privacy in exchange yep. for ease of AI, he deserve, was way ahead of his time. Does, yeah, something about like deserve <laughs> to be quoted by Abraham Lincoln <laughs> or something. I I forget how that went, but it was it was like it was like that. It yeah. was like that. So, you wished okay. you could run Bing from the command line. Yes. And I told Bard, I yes. said, hey, Bard, write a witty response to this tweet. And Bard was like, I'm not sure what's more impressive, that you've been to 80 countries or that you've found a way to make your passport look like it's been to 80 countries. Where is that coming from? I don't even understand <laughs> it. And there was one point, it's gone away now, but there was like a, there's like some UI where I could see the other things it thought might be possibilities. Mm. And they were all terrible. It was like, it was like you asked, I don't know, like you just were, give me three random comebacks that have absolutely nothing to do with it. Um. Oh, okay. Oh. 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 I just tried it again. It got better. Here's a witty response to the tweet. I'm not sure if I should be impressed or scared that my AI assistant can write better jokes than me.
0: You, the it's, AI doesn't know if it should. I don't. Oh, you because it's implying this is what you think. I don't know, but it's still a
1: response to your same tweet uh. about Bing. And then it's telling me though, like now it's getting upset because the next thing it, it gives me that in quotes but underneath it it says this response is witty because it is unexpected and clever it also has a hint of self-deprecating humor which is always appreciated this is a train wreck google i'm
0: sorry yeah, i'm sorry i, That's, I I'm think sorry it, it, it's so interesting. i think because i'm not the only one who just i they're they're googling less they're now switching from i, I wasn't using google chrome for a while i was using um uh my uh brave browser which is you know based on chrome uh but but yeah I'm definitely not using google as much i think many many more people are doing the exact same thing they're just they're switching over because it is just faster and you're getting better better answers um but one thing i was thinking about this week as i was using because i you know i have thought about it would de- if developers embrace this if they can kind of learn how to use it build it into their workflows it's definitely going to make them work faster it's definitely going to be able to get them to solutions faster be able to you know, push more code, and but I did not expect that the fact of like how it's evolving, it's getting super, super fast. Like how, like you're seeing even just the releases of the system. Like I think uh, gpd is releasing uh, plugins, which I haven't seen that yet. I'm really looking forward to that. They have this plugin, so once you start a thread, you can add like a plugin to, I guess, the thread, and so it could. So if I want to have this thread also query websites or external or or Wolfram, Wolfram Alpha. If I want to have another database, another data source that I want to pull into JAT GPT oh, or the thread, they're gonna they have this like a plugin system that then developers can make plugins for to integrate with it. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then also just saying too, like I was noticing all these over the past month or so, all these startups that are have these tools built around on top of chat GPT or one of these language models. And Microsoft is moving so fast to integrate, because what they were showing off of how they're going to integrate this into their, the office suite or into right. the, 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 the team's application, chat. which reminded me of what you showed me last week, chat that, gr- <laughs> that, that, uh, that, that group chat API. Oh yeah. There's, the, the group there's... Thing, they're building that in the teams. Yeah. So basically what you show yeah. me is that they're going to have that, like a, an AI bot in like a team's channel or thread that then you can, that you can have a joint conversation with. So they're they're building these features into their existing applications. So they're just gonna kill all these startups who think, like, oh, if I if I was like the first mover all right, yeah. and, and built on top of these platforms, I can, you know, build a business that makes a lot of money. I'm like, no, well just Google yep. Microsoft's definitely gonna do it and Google probably will once they can figure out their, their own AI. Uh, they're gonna do the exact same thing and build out their own feature sets. And, you know, I don't think it's it's a real good time to kind of try to build a business completely around, you know, these AI models that are dependent upon platform that are you know controlled by these platforms cuz wouldn't it be nice if we did have an open source kind of ai platform like openai was in, uh, was initially intended to be
1: i mean there's obviously two peop- two different arguments to that yes that some people believe the but only realize, safe ai and then they oh my gosh we can open so AI, much money but then we can o- rule the world yeah and then yeah. and then they just sold their souls to uh, microsoft i guess i guess you could say <laughs> there's that but yeah yeah, yeah. Th- i mean it's <laughs> I think the net is is understand how you can leverage AI, and I will say, uh, I did that yesterday. Somebody's asking a question of how to do something. I just asked Chat GPT how to do it, and I was like, copy paste. There you go. Don't need to, I don't need to figure that out. Uh, I can I can I can have Chat GPT come up with a step by step. Go to this site, click this, click this. It should be able to figure out how to do yeah, I, this I, thing in this application.
0: I read an article how like the uh, HR is using it to fire people, like all these layoffs in tech. How we're hearing about like i guess they they were able to analyze like the letters that the people are getting and then compare the to let's say if you were trying to request for this type of company how and trying to see how close it is to a a uh, a layoff letter from coming out of chatgpt it's pretty close
1: oh people were taking the letters that they were getting so, and so, then
0: so developers are worried that they're going to get laid off by by ai well, well they, they, may. Much are. they may
1: okay okay <laughs> okay so people are like saying
0: asking chat gpt to write this letter yeah and then you know we we need to lay off this type of employee could you write a a, a letter to uh, so we can uh, lay them off hey when you care the best
1: to have a computer send the message that's or something i feel i feel like that was a i think that was the tagline at one point well i'm glad that we're not spending all of our time talking about no. the ai stuff that's good that's good um, well
0: like i said if i could get this back on my command line if i could if access you, you just could. my tmux my 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 wsl tmux Neo Vim setup, if I could just query the the Bing AI and right, integrate that right into uh my workflow, I would definitely appreciate that. Have you pushed any code to GitHub recently?
1: There's there's a mark segue from your from your <laughs> from your Tmux terminal uh, have, you, have you pushed any code? because i pushed code this morning have you have you pushed code this morning week, i
0: think it was because i was working on some personal oh, you're, i think it was yeah, last week but not yeah. not within the past i don't think within the past week
1: i i i haven't looked at twitter to see how ablaze that is right now but i'm sure there's plenty of developers this morning that tried to push code to github and said what in the world oh so what happened so uh when i when i tried to push the, the latest show right it told me sorry this server has been rejected it doesn't match what is in your SSH known keys list. Okay. And I was like, that's a thing. Is GitHub down? So first go to GitHub, nope. And then just a quick Google of GitHub, you know, SSH authorization key. And I think eight hours ago. No, probably be 10 hours ago now. Something like that. Uh, no, eight hours. Maybe. What, what time is it now? like, I think it was like one or two o'clock last night. Um, they started, uh, they had to, they had to change their key cause somebody committed it. Um, and, uh, I think they uncommitted Wait. it, but some,
0: I didn't read Wait. the whole blog post. You're gonna have to look. So they, they had a repo of their keys and, or somebody made a repo of the, of their keys for the servers. I think somebody
1: inadvertently put it in a repo. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. So they had to, it cause, I mean... This has been in my known keys list forever, you know. And today, so there's many, many developers today are fi- figuring out how they can run. I have to look at what the command is again. What is it? Uh, SS- SSH keygen dash um, r github.com to remove the known key there. Okay. Because they
0: had to, they had to change that. So there's a blog post about it. Yeah, that, that brings it up and I wish I should have made a note about this, but it was like um it's also me talking about a command line application that's uh, for encryption to you know, if you did have if you did you know cuz managing uh, SSH keys is kind of a pain. Okay, yeah, yeah. It depends because you yeah. just well you have to have a secure, secure place to put it. You need to also make sure that place is backed up. So you need, you just need to have a good workflow or a good plan about how you're going to manage these keys. That's what I I feel, it feels it's always kind of a thing of like I worry about, oh, where should I be putting this? Because I can't put it in the repo, right? That's not good. That's exactly what you're talking about, right? Especially if it, even if it's a private repo, right? But you're still opening yourself up. If you're committing this key, that's uh, this private key, that that is your key to your server you're hosting your, your uh, application on, that could cause an issue. But there is this enc- command line enc- encryption. It's like a vault encryption command line program. Uh, oh, Ansible Vault. That is. I was doing do a quick little search. Oh yeah, yeah, it. yeah. I saw a developer talking about this and how they. And it actually is pretty slick. It's just you just run the command Ansible Ansible Dash Vault um, on. You know, it's a, it's a Linux program. So on WSL, you could probably spin it up. And so just run it and you basically pass it in your file or pass it in some text and then it'll output that out as an encrypted file that then you can then store. So what he was saying he's doing yeah if you want to have a repo of your private keys as long as they're encrypted and apparently this encryption is trying to be what the the new version uh, i can't remember the version they're using but it should be um safe from the uh once the the computers take over um the quantum computers quantum safe i guess they're describing it as so it's using higher level encryption that should be quantum safe so i don't know that's an interesting idea so if all the keys were encrypted and it, that process of uh, encrypting, decrypting was easy. Would you store your keys in a repo and then push them someplace else? I don't know. Let's say, let's say if you just had like, just like we have a dot file, like you know, I don't. Know, do you have a dot files repo? A what? A dot files? Oh no, I don't. I don't. I mean, I probably so, should, but I, I. So, I so I have a dot files repo that I keep as just a public repo. And then in that repo, I was thinking, oh, I could put like a dot ssh directory inside of there put my keys inside of there and commit it. i don't know if i'd make keep it public though but if somebody viewed my public directory they would just see encrypted files like of oh, okay. the ssh right right, keys, right right so i don't know It was something i was thinking about yesterday i was like it would be easy it would be easy and convenient because then be you can kind duplicate of a, it because basically i do a new yeah. new
1: machine i make sure you know I, I copy the keys from my old machine oh what say it again if i get a new machine it's just i copy the keys from my old machine
0: Oh, from the old machine, yeah. Yeah,
1: and I do have backups, right? Like, so I have I have encrypted backups. You do just so.
0: like a like a hard back, like a cold storage backup with like some drives, or what do you? What's your process look like?
1: Uh, right now, I back up my my data to NAS on the network. Okay, and then encrypted backup to uh, to the cloud. So, all right. But to be clear, as I look at this, it's I mean the key that was leaked was not was not a. Uh, was not used to access anything. It was simply just the key used to identify the server. Mm. But still, the SSH, the uh, private key, was briefly exposed, they say, in a public GitHub repository. So they just regened it, and now it's different. But uh, but that's I'm so sure many developers so woke up I this Friday to... saying what's going on with my so ability to push.
0: We'll just, will just I just have to reauthenticate like what what from you just have what, to tell
1: uh, no it's the SSH known hosts so because mm-hmm. you've talked yeah. before it's got the key it says yep I know that well
0: I was wondering are they going to force me to re-authenticate in order to create that host again the host file
1: no no I mean it's just the that's SSH it. host file right so okay. be, if and and you know what if you were connecting to I don't know if you if you push via
0: Via um, HTTP
1: mm-hmm.
0: shouldn't be a problem. Mo- most of my repos are set up like that. You yeah, HTTPS. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but if you if you're pushing via Git, which I am, which goes over yeah. SSH, then yeah. SSH is going to look and say, "Oh, you're pushing." SSH is going to say, "You're trying to connect to this IP address. I have a key for this IP address, and as the server identifies itself, that's no longer it. The public key that mm-hmm. they give me is no longer it. So I can't mm-hmm. validate that this server is the same, and it gives you this." Big error! It's like, hey, the remote host may have changed, and in this case, we know it hasn't because GitHub said they didn't. Um, so you just have to remove that that known key from your uh, from your SSH known hosts file, and there's there's an easy command to do it. And then you'll be able to push. But that was a surprise this morning when not only did Docker not run the uh, run my little test of of the site, but then all of a sudden I can't even push to GitHub. I was like, what's going on here? This this is gonna. So you gonna do be a have. Friday.
0: I know. We, I know. I was working on that before, and I haven't done Docker because I was. That's the other thing with Gatsby. Oh, man. Setting up a Docker image for that, for the like a dot for a Gatsby website, I had like huge issues. I had issues with like just file permissions. Like if I would run my a Gatsby oh, site, right, run the build process, like running it in Docker, a Docker file, yeah, and then try to then. It just change file It is just yeah because if you just
1: run things as the normal user in a docker container it's going to be root on your main system mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it uses that user id so you have to tell it to use your own user id and that means mm-hmm. in the docker container it looks weird
0: because it's like i have no username so I, because- so I totally got docker if i was just going to run it as a if i want to run a process like if i want to run a node command and basically just you know have a node alias to a a docker instance or docker image that I would, I would run that was working pretty good or if i would do that for php or any kind of one process i would like run, want to run a script we'll run it through a docker image that i totally got that but once i started using build systems within a docker container that's where it got to be just weird i couldn't yeah cause sometimes what, you know.
1: build systems will be like i need to be rude or i'm not rude and they get confused yeah. too yeah that's a that that can be a uh, that can be something that can use some troubleshooting um from my experience, for sure. Hmm.
0: Well, what else you got going on, Mark? Well, I've just—I've uh, been in a been in a good headspace, Tim. I'm like keep my head down, and trying to stay out of trouble. You still looking for a new job? I'm trying not to talk about that bubbly as much. Oh, uh try to keep it as. Uh, but I, yeah, I'm kind of. I'm still kind of. Uh, yeah,
1: I got some questions for
0: you there. <laughs> But I'm just, just trying to like. I feel like this is this once is the summertime still, comes. I just need to get through this semester. Once the semester. That's what you said comes, last year. Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: what, this is exactly <laughs> the conversation we had last year. He's like, no, no. Once summer comes, I'm gonna it's gonna be on the I'm gonna well, be on the job hunt, and then you're like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna do another
0: year of this thing. Well, for I you, since year. since this is just a conversation between, between us. me and you, right? Between right. us, so nobody nobody else listens to this, so nope, it's, it's fine, not at all. I in the, the 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 linchpin of me feeling okay. I have to really start to make some progress on the next kind of phase of my career or my life is because uh, my wife is retiring. Oh, okay. And like I said, I I don't I don't think anybody's my school list is because she was planning to announce this like during the summertime, like being being a summertime.
1: Wait, so, so this that is that
0: actually breaking news. This is the- <laughs> No, the, I think the people who do, the few people who do this, this, I, you know, we have, they know, but like for, to make it official, gotcha, that's, gotcha, that's kind gotcha. of, and she has to give a certain period of time notice for, uh, for the school and everything. Well, I like consider that. this that time. <laughs> so, but the thing is, yeah, that's kind of put in my mind said, okay, now that when the summer hits, semester's over, I got to really be looking for that next. Game? try to. Well, I want to, you know, and I was, t- I was talking to my hairdresser about this yesterday after I got, sorry, you notice I did get on? my, wow. my haircut. Wow. You know? Wow. So I was talking about, yeah, how what Wait our a summer second. plans were. Are
1: you saying you have another therapist other than me?
0: That's not an official therapist, but what well, you use Tim, through other means? I talk to you each week. You know, you are my primary all right. therapist. All right. hairdress, I see her like maybe like once a month, if that. I don't know about this. Once my hair gets too bushy and I can't take it. I don't it, know about I, this. I, I call her in. Uh, so I was talking about the fact, yeah, this is our summer plans and what, what we're looking to do. And I was talking about also with my wife. And then um, I'll distract now. What I was, what, what was saying?
1: Apparently the hairdresser is
0: giving you job advice or something. I don't know. Um oh I no it's a, well it came to the issue of why why do I feel the need for okay because oh, okay. I like, te- yeah, I like yeah, teaching I love teaching. So I was talking yeah I've, I love my time at the school I love teaching you know that's why I've been still been doing it. But leaving or transitioning out that's okay this is what we're talking about. Leaving and transitioning out of academia just from uh, getting the timing right is super super difficult. I've struggled with this because there have been different times over the, my past ten years, and I've been working, been full time in academia. thinking, think, what is, how can I gonna be at the right time? Because when you have a normal job, and you work in the real world, you just get two weeks notice, right? So you find another job while having it in your current job. You get hired. All right,
1: so you got to figure out how get to two weeks yeah, yeah, yeah. If
0: you're if you're a teacher, professor, instructor, and you're committed, you sign up for a semester. You're kind of locked into that.
1: It's so like, right? well, I mean, that's not necessary. Well,
0: yeah. It, well, it, yeah, well, I could still leave, but then you burn some bridges. You make, right, you're going right. to, you're going to cause some conflict with the department and maybe especially people you have good relationships with now, they're going to be super frustrated because they had to kind of pick up the pieces then or find somebody to fill in or especially in my department, the classes I teach, which I did set my schedule for fall to be a little bit more flexible. So if they did need to find somebody, it's, it's, it's possible, but all the, all of my second year advanced courses. Like the reason I teach them because I'm the only one right. at the college who can teach these courses. Right. Uh, so it's and also to find adjuncts would be is, is a bit of a challenge unless I teach more for like first year courses, like first uh, semester, second semester courses. Those are a little bit more general, and finding adjuncts to teach those is a little bit easier um but yeah if you don't you want to try to find that kind of sweet spot of how to transition out of academia go back into working full-time it's it's difficult because you have to either do it during the summertime which you have good what three months to do it right or a sh- very short window uh but in the wintertime between, between semesters. semesters so yeah 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 and i mean you could be
1: doing some of the work now if you wanted to hopefully get the leads. so maybe True. at True. you know you're not looking it so. in summertime and and because if, I mean, depending on the right fit, if you do it a couple months beforehand, most companies, I think, would be like, oh, yeah, we can see you can start in June, mid-June or whatever, whatever that, that would be with that schedule. So, but the thing I was curious about, now that we've talked about all that, um, and which apparently you didn't want to, but did...
0: We're going, to, we're going to bleep out the part about my wife. That's, uh, that could get me in trouble.
1: Yeah, because you know, you know, you know how much I editing I do of this in in post. It's uh, it's phenomenal the amount of time I take
0: to get. Every, or maybe what everything I'll put bleep together. myself out. Okay. That's what I do before I give oh, you the yeah, audio. Yeah, I'll bleep myself out.
1: Be great. It'd just be like silence, and then be like, "What is Tim talking to nobody now? What's <laughs> going on there?" Um, no, because internally, I thought this might be an interesting thing to talk about uh my focus has been shifting to making sure our devs are growing professionally like growing in their skills growing in their craft and all that kind of stuff and i've been asking them two questions i thought it might be interesting to ask you these questions because right. i mean that's what the show is about Sounds good you've put me on the spot before yeah. um what are the things now in academia It's probably a little bit different but imagine it's back and you're working you know working uh, mm-hmm. a a normal normal quote-unquote job right or even maybe in academia what are the things that to you make you feel like you're contributing what are those things that say yeah this this reinforces because because mike i mean i'm as open as this as i mm-hmm. i think here's or with 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 our team mm-hmm. right i want to make it so you don't feel like you have to go someplace else to find mm-hmm. that that either notion of fulfillment in one way that i feel like i'm actually a valuable part of this team I want to make sure you don't want to go someplace else to feel like I want to grow and I can't grow here. I want to make sure and all those things can happen right here because we recognize that it's not just like it's, it's a little bit of what you're saying, right? Transitioning out of academia. Um, when, when a developer leaves a team, it's not just like, oh, we need another dev that has the same level of skill. And then there's going to be some onboarding time as they get used to our code. No, it's way mm-hmm. more than that. As developers, all the stuff that we do is very, very collaborative. We're writing and using each other's code. So it's not mm-hmm. just that, oh, Bob's gone. We get somebody new in who has the same skill level. Yeah. They'll be fine. No, I knew how to work with Bob. I knew how to communicate with Bob. You know, There's so much more about that relationship that that is. it's more than just the fact that you can write code. It's more than just the fact that you maybe even be able to write very good code. It's the fact that once you're in a team sure there's the tribal knowledge and yeah you get up to speed mm-hmm. on all the things that are hard to document there's that but it's just that as developers we figure out how to work with each other and when you take one of those people out like i don't want that to happen i don't want that to happen because you you said no nope, if i really want to grow i need to look over there or if i really want to feel like i'm 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 valued right. i need to go over there so what are the so things in the past that well, have said
0: you're a valuable member of a team let's quantify the grow um what are you trying to look for? So we're, ta- we're taking money out of the equation
1: completely? Um, in this concept, yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I can, so,
0: I, I want that not to be a problem either. So, okay. And then, so if you say grow, do you mean grow as in a status level, skill level? Um, I'm trying to think about what, what, what priorities are you looking for? like, Or just an appreciation of their their or like life-work balance? Like, what do you, when you say, yeah, I, I want, I want my developers to grow. I know pride means all of those. Right. But that's, if you the could th- rate, that's the thing. What is, what is, what are you leaning to? Okay. Maybe then it's different for for everybody. And that's, you know,
1: that's, what's been fascinating because yeah. I've had these conversations
0: and for some devs, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Right. And for mm. others, devs, it's a completely different thing. And thinking about too, when I'm going to be looking for uh, positions and kind of like, yeah, I don't think about when I was, get when I got out of college and was jumping between, well, I, I didn't really jump between jobs. Pretty much my first job was that for five years and then you know, bounced back and forth every other year for the a couple jobs or for working for different companies. And it's starting off as a junior developer. You know what? And junior developers need support, especially coming out of college and not having worked with other developers or worked in other companies before just getting them up to speed with a, uh, not like I said, not just the code base, but also the way that the, the developers like to work within the department understand kind of the structure of like when you're given let's say a task or you're brought into a project well what is that kind of um process going to look like you know how what would what, right. what, what be right. the expectations of you understand the expectations of you um is really, really hard for like a, a junior developer now even though i haven't done what's what's <laughs> well, interesting
1: there though just to, i think this to highlight that is like yeah. what you're talking about is almost we'll talk about development environments meaning you know the computer the system that you use and how your environment is set up mm-hmm. to write code but what you're talking about there is like understanding the development environment it's it's yeah. understanding the environment that you're going to be in which has so much impact on both of those things
0: so okay go, we'll get back to the environment too but then when i was in let's say working full-time before academia i think i got to that mid-level kind of developer kind of standing but then i you know i went back and forth between designing and and like, i don't know my, my career path is kind of kind of crazy but think about when i got to like that mid-level i didn't need as much support what i appreciated more was a little bit more autonomy so saying okay i when i've given a project do i have some freedom and kind of how i'm going to solve that problem you know possibly what is it that
1: the autonomy communicate this is out of curiosity
0: like what why was that important to you because i wanted to feel that i had some type some level of creative freedom within that project especially because i think developers all developers are creative in some aspect you know because you're all you're, you're tasked with solving problems yeah
1: whether you're a designer or not you're you're looking at saying yes. i'm i'm going to use a novel approach to this you know like yes kind of so, going way back to the start of this like when you just adopt a framework you're like i'm just going to turn out that same type of code
0: versus oh so
1: i'm going to take a little bit more of a you know
0: Interesting approach so how, how much freedom do you have to find the path to that solution, or is it more prescriptive now? I haven't worked in a really, really large company, let's say right. like a Google or Facebook, or let's say that has you know existing systems that you have to really learn to understand that they the, the way that they solve problems they want you to solve them in a specific way right um right so it's understandable too, but I was thinking as a back when i like I said when I was at that mid level where I got out of the, like the junior level um kind of point in my career. So I wanted to have a little bit more freedom of the tools, the, the software that I use, libraries, even even as long as it still fit within the framework of the of the, the company or the development group that I was working within. But given the freedom to kind of try to find creative solutions, that was more important to me. So and and that's where
1: like I don't I, I want to understand a little bit more, like that important because that felt good because you wanted to try new things and didn't want mm-hmm. someone to be yeah. saying no do this way.
0: you wanted to discover it on your own exactly yeah you still want to have that the creative freedom to explore okay
1: was there an was aspect that... i just want to check was there an aspect in in that context when you say you want that freedom to explore was there an mm-hmm. aspect of that validating to you that they trusted you
0: maybe looking back at it yes at the time I wasn't thinking about like, okay, comparing, because I didn't, like I said, if you're only working for a company between the say five to 10 years, like say you get out of that junior development role and you get after the, you know, three to five years and you start getting to that mid mid-level role, I wasn't, you kind of can build up trust if you've been there for that long. So I wasn't really thinking about like, oh, how much they trust me with like a certain system or a certain set of, or database or, you know, or the type of application I'm trying to, your, to build. Your
1: primary driver then was just like, I want the ability to do something new and learn and, and yeah. learn as I solve problems, as opposed to somebody being like, here's a solution. Now please code it up.
0: Yeah. And I think given new responsibilities and new experiences and, and like I said, a new, I guess responsibility is the best word to describe it. Saying like, so if the system that you're making, you know how many users are going to have? I think that was something is also kind of cool. Thing about, okay, how many people are actually using the software that I'm making or, or working with the website that I was working with? Because one of the first things I did, I worked because I told you I worked for a tax administrator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of college, burkheimer I don't know if you Burkheimer tax administrator. So I worked for them, and then I believe I, also I have had their, to use them. <laughs> I have worked for their their uh, their sister company, which is an outsourcing company. So I spent time between both the, those companies. And I built their first online e-file system. Because I was the only person that did website work. So within a, a development group of, I don't know it was about like eight, de- eight or nine developers, all the rest of them were still just running like the server, command line, terminal based app, uh, software that internally w- w- that the company was running on. But we were starting to do more customer facing applications. And that was back in 2004, 2003 writing like a server side you know uh, uh application for uh people or people to log in and pay their uh, pay their taxes and see their taxes online right so. right but given that opportunity to work on that project and like i so said they just gave it to me just because i had interest and also i was i was stupid and young <laughs> able to get my way through it uh with some good we actually had a consultant come in who's a little bit more experienced with it so he's able to kind of work with me and kind of help me along uh at the time but just given a project like that and then thinking about how many people were going to be using that system that was also really oh yeah 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 um kind of a a good kind of encouragement and in, in your you know kind of help push you forward to try to do as best job as you can now thinking back where i'm at now and what actually you know there's the money aspect that's what, like can we if we take money out of it That's a big reason of like with academia you do hit it, hit a ceiling can't uh can only make a certain amount and oh it's not so when you're much. talking about growth in that way like okay yeah, yeah you can't there's so for me there's there, no there's more there's two, yeah there's I got two things that there's two things that drive me first is the money <laughs> that's the big thing the second thing i want to get i want to get back to working with smart people because when i right before i got to academia i the opportunity the projects or the jobs that i worked on that i most enjoyed was when i worked with smart people but if, or worked with people i knew were smarter than me right That was because that challenges from. you right yes yeah so that's what i want to get back to like I, I want to be the stupid person in the room in a sense like so i could kind of have i can learn because when you're in academia especially when you're teaching students or if you're working with other faculty it can be a little bit more of a siloed you know, maybe sometimes there's, there have right, been. Because other although faculty... I am
1: completely avoiding the opportunity to say, you're saying you don't work with smart people now. And I think that's no, hilarious, I'm just saying but, that but you're all your own domain experts, right? Yeah. And it's like, Oh, Mark's I, the expert yes. of this. Bob's the that's, expert of that. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. And you're like, yeah, yeah I don't know the stuff
1: Mark does, but Mark faculty, knows the
0: stuff. Mark knows faculty are all kind of domain siloed right, experts right. within their certain things. And the colleges don't want to really hire, you know, multiple faculty that cover the exact same thing unless they need to. Um, uh so like I said, I've worked with Josh Mill in the past. He probably, you know, might be listening to this. Yeah. Jason really Like the interesting Jason only really my current colleague, we do totally different things. Like he's great at new media, you know, video animation, oh, uh, right, editing. Right, right. That's his thing. Like commercial work, that's his thing. But he'll be the first one to say from a web design perspective, yeah, he could do html css you can do a little bit of wordpress stuff but from a scripting or development standpoint he yeah that's not his thing he doesn't like to do it at all so you want someone Just that's like,
1: going to challenge you not with something new and novel outside but like of in your the exact domain. same
0: domain space right. that i want to write right so that that's really really important to me along with the money so it is it is interesting Think about my life and my career and think about the different points what you asked me you know what what would you look for in a opportunity or position in order for you to grow as a professional or as a developer it definitely is it changes depending upon where you're at in life.
1: Yeah, and then my second question, because the first one was about, you know, what are the things that tell you you're valued part of this team, right? And, and you said like, uh, liber- you know, creative liberty, um, uh, autonomy, being able to make some of these yeah. decisions myself. Um, the other question I've been asking is what in the past, and I think you touched on these a little bit, but, uh, and I get what you're saying, like to grow, you want to be on a team where there are people that will challenge you, challenge okay. your assumptions. Yeah. Um, help you look at things differently so you can grow in in, in how you even perceive code and understand it. Uh, but one of the questions asking is, in the past, what have been the markers, the indicators, the things that have really said to you, hey, I have grown. Not the opportunity mm. to grow, but what are the things that have, have communicated, you giving you that positive feedback that says, hey, there's been growth here. I can see it.
0: It's. I think it's a, easy to see that from a your knowledge base so if you look this back of what you've learned i was I just noticing this today i was like uh, i was starting to get back into thinking about the algorithm questions oh okay yeah do, yeah, yeah. Do, get, you know get, getting back to like leak code and starting to do that. i was like it's been I, I haven't done that for probably about a year or so i was like oh, i need to start like i said think about the summer got to start refreshing my mind on some of these things and then think about okay yeah i was i, I started looking at a couple of questions started answering them i was like all oh, right actually okay. it took me a minute but then once I like took I me mean, five minutes, or you're like, oh, I did this exact same thing like five, ten years ago. And it just it came back to me. Right. But that doesn't happen until you have experience like with the growth. Right. So thinking about how I've grown as a developer. I probably have so much knowledge in this head, but it's also if I don't actively use it, it kind of stays up there some way. But it's also I need to bring it back at this time. That shows me the fact of like, wow, if I look back at how much I've actually learned. That I may not be applying now and I want to get back to applying it. I, I have grown so much to the fact of like, just the, the, the knowledge base I've built over my career and just a matter of just optimizing that and kind of understanding, kind of pulling the, those important parts out where I need them to be. And also solving problems too. I think solving problems is easier now in a sense where I can, I'm more patient and be able to allow myself to kind of think through it when you're younger and you're just starting off, you just want to just hit the wall. You just want to kind of, you have a hammer, and you just want to bang through that wall. <laughs> just constantly kind of hitting and chipping away, and eventually you'll get through it. But it's uh, might not be as elegant of taking out the nice uh, the nice saw and power saw and be able to kind of draw a nice box hole so you can kind of walk through. So be able to s- spend some time to be patient and to think through the problem, think through a proper solution. You're still going to be a little bit of trial and error to kind of still work through it. But it's not like when I was younger, when I was like, "Wow, it was just brute force and everything," <laughs> right? But now I'm like, because I look back, it's like I don't need to do that. I can just let me just not stress about it. Just kind of think through it as long as I have some time, you know, to kind of work through work the problem, try to work through it in the best way, so that I'm not as an inefficient. Right? The, the solution I find is not as inefficient as it as it could be if I just try to like brute force it. So to to let's see if I can
1: not repeat it bad, but like the sense that I'm getting. In, on the one hand, a marker of growth is the fact that you have a much wider, a broader knowledge base, mm-hmm. right? So when mm-hmm. it's almost like when facing a problem and it's like, oh, that might be the solution, you're not just going, well, can someone even tell me what that is? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So you have this yeah. foundation to build on where mm-hmm. concepts... Uh, they may not be right there in the forefront, but as you, as you dig in, you're like, oh, I've seen this before. I have familiarity with mm-hmm. this. I've worked on this before. So that's the, that's the one side. And then the other side is, and I almost, is it not related, that, that when solving problems, it's not just the most direct, fastest, the one way I see to solve this, is it not actually related because now you have a breadth of knowledge? There's a little bit more time to be like, well, let me, let me think about this for a second. And, and before I take what seems to be the direct route, you know, the, the obvious answer, yeah. let me, let me, let yeah. me think about some things based off of what I know, what I've experienced in the past, this breadth of knowledge now, and maybe yeah. I can come up with a, uh, uh, a more elegant solution, uh, or maybe a
0: quicker and maybe, solution. and. Also thinking about when you're faced with a problem, like I'm, I've never been the type to be afraid of challenges. Actually, I, I make up challenges just to make my life more difficult. Uh, but I know there are developers who maybe are afraid of, because I see this in students all the time, um, who are afraid of taking on a challenge because they don't know. They don't know the path. But then the more experience you get, the more you grow as a developer. You know that, okay, there are many paths you can take. There are solutions, and a lot of the solutions that you'll find is a basic, maybe a variation of a solution that you've came across in the past. So that when I look at a problem, or if I learn, if I look at something I have to learn, like let's say, if I if I wanna be hired as this type of senior developer, well, these are the things I need to know, right? And I haven't done these things in a while, so let me start making a list of them. But I know that I can get there. I'm not afraid of it. It's just a matter of time and putting in effort and being disciplined enough to do that. But in the past, when I didn't have that, it did cause some stress. Like, even though I'm not afraid to take on the challenge, just me working through the challenge or trying to figure it out was hugely stressful. And I think it, it gets to be easier when you don't have to worry about like, okay, you can get there. It will take some work. It will may definitely be hard, but uh, you'll get there. Right. And I think that's something that just comes with experience. And then that would be, it would be
1: confidence. Not that the problem is easier to solve, but just
0: the confidence mm-hmm. that it is actually solvable. Yes. Versus yes. just like, I don't even know. Yeah. Maybe I will figure it out. I do, see, I do out. see that all the time with students who are like, though, that that'll be a block where like, though, they don't know the solution. And then they'll just expect just somebody to give it to them. Right. They're saying, oh, can you just show me, you know, cause, you know, and I'm like, well, no, you kind of have to learn to kind of find <laughs> your own, find your own path in a sense. Like you have to use research. I'll be your resource. I'll be, you right. know, I'll be your help. Right. But you, but you're the one that has to kind of work through this issue kind of internally and kind of you know figure it out because that's how you, you build that skill. I actually asked ChatGPT what that was, last,
1: well yesterday, because I was looking for exactly like this this concept right, which I think I think maybe maybe you can tell me the term that they gave me. We'll see, um, or maybe ChatGPT should should replace you um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: someday. <I hope> so,
1: <laughs> and we've got we've only got a couple minutes left, so I'll try to make this quick. But I asked it, what's the technique called where you spend at least a little time trying to solve a problem? So I think that's what you're saying. Like, I ran into a blocker, mm-hmm. and I can't, mm-hmm. I know, I, I don't have an answer for this, and can you just give me the answer? But you want you want to live in that place where I'm, I'm at least thinking about trying to figure it out. So this idea mm-hmm. of, okay, you at least are going to spend some time trying to figure it out, but you're not mm-hmm. going to spend so much that you just spin your wheels and you're, and you're you know, you, you never come up with it before you go to ask for help. Because you can yeah. you can have either side, right? You can have the students that are like, Oh, I can't figure this out. Somebody help me. And you can have the students that are like, I can't figure this out, but I spent three weeks working on it. It's like at some point you should've you should have been like, hey, <laughs> can someone So uh, so what's what, yeah, what what is that what is that technique or concept? Any idea? No? I don't know. ChatGPT told me it's often called productive struggle. Mm-hmm. And I guess it, okay. it says that what is it in an educational context, productive struggle, mm-hmm. struggle is often encouraged as a way to foster deep learning and retention of information. So there you go. Next time you can just tell a student, hey, this is a productive struggle you're going through. Don't worry. It's going to uh, foster deep learning and, and retention of information. And Foster <laughs> deep learning. I'm sure, I'm, <laughs> deep, deep learning. I'm sure they'll appreciate that. But do you have rules like that for your students? Like, it's like, spend a little time, but not too
0: much. <clears throat> um... Well, we'll have to answer that next week. Yeah, yeah. have to think about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll give because I I know I do, but the longer I teach, the long the, the kind of the, the slower I'm responding, to students.